0: My friends and I were around 13, 14 years old. An old abandoned house was on a dirt road about 2, 3 kilometers from where we grew up. We checked out the house and realized it was packed with marijuana plants and what looked like a sophisticated operation. We ran away. But two of my friends went back, wanting to steal the marijuana. I knew this was occurring, but choose to stay home. When they were inside, the owner or operator came into the house with a rifle. My friends hid in the closet. He passed directly by the closet with a rifle. He spent about ten minutes looking around the house and then he left. They then departed the house and ran home through the woods. They did think they might have been shot that day and they never did see his face. For me personally, if you're out in the woods or in an abandoned facility and you see in drug operation, run. I found myself lounging near the tranquil shores of Phaleron, a place known for its romantic allure. Lost in contemplation, I stood upon the rugged rocks, my gaze fixated on the vast expanse of the sea. It was in this moment that a peculiar sight caught my attention. Glancing to my right, I spotted two young men perched upon the rocks, not far from where I stood. They possessed an imposing stature, towering above the average man. Curiosity peaked. I directed my gaze towards them, only to discover that they were observing the stars through a large square object of extraordinary brightness. Its radiance was nearly blinding, and as I observed it with astonishment, a breathtaking spectacle unfolded before my eyes. Mars, the red planet, materialized before me in vivid detail, as if a grand performance were unfolding on a theater stage. The two strangers engaged in intricate finger movements and seemed to communicate with the inhabitants of Mars. Astonishingly, the people of this distant world responded in a language unfamiliar to my ears. I beheld women and girls of ethereal beauty, tall and graceful, their captivating forms etching themselves into the depths of my memory. Birds of vibrant plumage flitted about, alighting upon the shoulders of these celestial maidens. I bore witness to a multitude of mesmerizing sights and heard melodies of unparalleled loveliness. After some time, the two strangers averted their gaze from the planet, and in the blink of an eye, Mars resumed its place in the firmament, just as it had always been. Overwhelmed by the encounter, I approached the enigmatic duo. As they caught sight of me, they shifted the positions and politely asked if I could spare a light. I offered them matches and cigars, which they graciously accepted. In return, they bestowed upon me a single cigar, claiming to have acquired it in Cuba the day before. To my bewilderment, I informed them that Cuba lay over 4,000 miles away. Undeterred, the two men calmly stated that they hailed from the planet Mars. Intrigued, I listened intently as they proceeded to unveil an extraordinary narrative of civilizations thriving on the distant planet. They spoke of ancient conflicts between various Martian factions, describing their adversaries as the Pelagians. Eventually, the Pelasgians were vanquished and the survivors fled in airships, eventually landing in the northwestern region of Greece, which we now know as Albania. These refugees, it seemed, were the original settlers of Greece. Furthermore, the Martians revealed that Earth civilization in the year 1905 lagged behind Mars by a staggering 100,000 years. They claimed that war had not plagued Mars for over 200,000 years and astonishingly they had unraveled the secret of immortality. According to these extraordinary beings, electricity held the key to eternal life each morning the martians would supposedly nourish themselves with electricity as a potent antidote against death to my astonishment they even proclaimed that the revered philosophers socrates and demosthenes were not mere figures of history but currently lived on mars flourishing in their immortal existence soon the shrill sound of a whistle pierced the air emanating from one of the martians who introduced himself as Telemachus, while his companion went by the name Phidias. In response to the signal, two robust men emerged from a nearby boat, leaping fearlessly into the waters that plunged to depths of no less than sixty feet. Strapped to their feet were elongated skates fashioned from glistening yellow metal, affixed with sturdy wires. This remarkable contraption enabled the Martians to glide safely across the water's surface. Captivated by this mesmerizing display, I found myself ushered aboard a magnificent floating airship. Within its opulent confines, we dined together, and it was there that I learned of their primary objective on Earth. To meet the renowned inventor Edison in relation to a recent invention that could potentially prove fatal for humanity... Eventually the time came for me to bid farewell to my extraordinary Martian companions. They escorted me back to the shore, where we parted ways, our encounter etched deeply into the fabric of my memory. It was about 8 p.m. and I was driving home after dropping a friend off at her house. I came to an intersection, a red light, and stopped, nothing out of the normal just a regular night. The roads were fairly deserted. While waiting for the light to change, I saw something that looked like the back end of a deer as it quickly crossed the street. I didn't think much of it except for the fact that when I drive through there, I have to be careful because deer apparently like to jump in front of cars. That stretch of road is only a couple hundred feet posted at 40 miles per hour. I slowed to about 30-35 miles per hour, to watch and look at the deer. When I looked to see if the deer was still there, I witnessed something quite a bit different. This massive thing was standing back a ways, but it was clearly visible. The yard it was standing in has a huge white shed with a light attached to the front, though. This didn't help because it cast a big shadow. The figure stood on the ground, but its height reached to about the top of the doors to the shed. It had two curved-like masses, coming from the sides, but the most obvious feature were the deep red glowing eyes coming from the center of the black mass. It was something I couldn't stop looking at. I continued to drive, but all the way home I felt I was being followed. I'd like to share an experience my friend and I have unfortunately been dragged into. At approximately 10.30 p.m. tonight, I received an instant message from my friend about a rather disturbing encounter she had. She had reported she saw the Mothman. I sent her several messages back, asking if she was all right, if she was there, etc. She eventually sent me a text message with a picture that she drew of the creature attached. By this point, I was literally getting sick and trembling due to anxiety and fright. We began talking about it, and I noticed a tapping about it, and I noticed a tapping at my window. A very light kind of sound. My dogs both jerked their heads upward and stared at the window for a long time. Being in the state I was in, I refused to look. For a while, the tapping stopped. She and I continued to discuss the matter at hand. Suddenly, the tapping began again. But this time, the dogs ignored it, and so did I. About four or five minutes later, I fought the urge to stare at my computer monitor and looked at my window. My blinds were closed, but I could faintly see something red and glowing, like taillights that had somehow made their way into the neighbor's backyard. I quickly looked away, not wanting to see it anymore. I looked again a couple minutes later, unnerved to see the red glow was still there. Again. I looked away and continued discussing this with my friend. Finally, I turned my head one final time and saw that the glow no longer remained. As I'm typing this email, I'm really worried, as the tapping has begun again. And I'm really worried, as the tapping has begun again, and I'm really too afraid to move from this position. Above this, I've included my friend's side of the story, and should you post this, we would certainly appreciate if you could put them both into one piece. We discussed calling the police, but she didn't want to make a big deal about it. Her parents brushed it off, and I have yet to tell anyone in my house about this. I'm not sure what this was, a frightening delusion or a real situation, but I'm not sure if I'm willing to face the facts and find out. Thanks for your time. This is kind of a long story, but the creepiest thing happened to me, and I really need to tell this story while the details are still fresh in my mind. Although I'm pretty certain I mind. Although I'm pretty certain I'll never forget it. For some reason I feel like this is important and I need to share. Last night, May 31, June 1, 2020, I went to Chesapeake, Ohio to a friend's house to play music and sing. We jammed until around 3 AM. When we left, we headed towards Proctorville, Ohio to take the bridge into Huntington, West Virginia. That stretch of road runs alongside the Ohio River. It is dark and there aren't many streetlights. So it was dark and last night, it was cold. We were talking and trying to get the heat going when all of a sudden a tall black figure appeared, seemingly out of nowhere on the side of the road, literally right beside my door, passenger side. We were going around 50, 60 miles per hour and this thing didn't budge. I felt it though. No other way to explain it except that it was so close to my door that I felt it. And what I felt was wrong. It was sinister and did not come from a place of good. It looked like it was about seven, eight feet tall. We were in pickup truck, a Dodge Ram, I believe. It was so tall that my friend, who was driving, said maybe it was a road work road work, a black tarp draped over it. It was taller than the truck. It looked shrouded, almost like it had wings, but they were wrapped around its body, It appeared out of nowhere, and it seemed like it leaned toward the truck as we passed by it. So close that I felt it. Like in my soul and in my skin. So close that if my window had been down, I could have touched it. It made me actually shiver as we drove by it. I am an empath, and I am telling you this thing sent me everything it had, and it had nothing but darkness to send. I have never felt anything that creepy before. Like to the core. We were both shaken by it. I still am. My friend wanted to turn around and go back to see what it was. I did not. Fast forward a little bit. We get to the bridge, and of course it's closed. So we end up having to turn around and go back towards Chesapeake, which meant we had to go back through that same stretch of road again. And right as we are getting ready to pass another car, that thing comes out from behind the car and looked like it was floating or gliding across the road and it crouched down almost like it was getting ready to pounce or take off. It was then I could see the top of its head, which was shiny and black. My friend said maybe it was a person on a skateboard because of the way it was gliding or floating in the middle of the road. They then proceeded to say that was some jeepers creepers. All I know is this. It was not a seven-feet person dressed in all black at three in the morning. This was not human. It was evil, and I hope I never experience it again. Has anyone else seen this figure? If so, please let me know. I need to discuss what happened. Stay safe, friends. I was hunting solo in a high-pressure OTC unit four years ago. First time elk hunting and first time hunting the West. It was early September and I had been into elk the two days I had been hunting. I was sitting in a clearing around 5 p.m., waiting for it to get closer to dusk and living my wounds from earlier that day. I had blown an opportunity at a bull earlier cold calling. Grew impatient 20 minutes into the setup, and got up to move and sure enough 30 yards away over a knoll was a bull that promptly got out of town. So there I was sulking in a clearing and decided to fix myself a snack to cheer myself up. In typical poor early 20s fashion... Most of my meals and snacks were ramen noodles cooked in a Ziploc bag. Halfway through boiling water for the ramen, I start hearing cow calls. Great, I thought some hunters came and sat up near me, worsening my mood. To my disbelief, two cows and a calf stepped out of the woods, less than 100 yards from me with a wooded drawer in between us. I quickly shut off the stove and figured I could head down that drawer and come out close enough to get a shot at one of them. I started sneaking down the drawer and about halfway there decided to stop and throw a few cow calls their way and see if I could get them to come up to me. The cows came to the wooded edge but wouldn't come up to me and eventually lost interest and began feeding again. So I decided I'd press on and see if I could get a shot, as they were just over a knoll about fifty yards away. I started creeping along again when all of a sudden the brush ten feet in front of me exploded and a huge mountain lion went sprinting past me. I can still vividly picture the muscle definition in the lion's rear quarters and the thickness of its tail as it bounded away from me. I stood there in absolute shock and disbelief of what I had just seen and witnessed for a few minutes. Once I pulled myself together, I proceeded thirty yards and ended up shooting my first elk. Due to work commitments, I had to begin packing right away, so ended up packing her out around midnight, right back through where I had jumped the lion hours before. If that experience didn't hook me for life, I don't know what will. I now carry a pistol with me whenever I'm in the woods. I'm fairly confident that Lion was stalking the young calf and was oblivious to me sneaking along until I began cow calling just feet away from it, and it couldn't see me, but that's just speculation. I remember the day vividly. The rain was pouring down, and I was hunting caribou with my friend in eastern Alaska. We had been on the trail for a few hours when we saw a man riding down the trail on a four-wheeler. He stopped us and asked if we had a satellite phone. He looked panicked and told us that his girlfriend was dead in their tent when he woke up. Without a second thought, we gave him our phone and watched as he frantically dialed for help. We waited with him for a while, and then he took off back up the trail towards his campsite. We decided to continue hunting, hoping that help would arrive soon. Later that day, we saw a trooper on a four-wheeler with a side-by-side, following with EMS on the side, head up the trail. We assumed it was for the man's girlfriend, and felt relieved that help had finally arrived. However, as we continued hunting, we kept an eye on the state trooper daily dispatches, But there was no mention of the incident. It was strange, and we couldn't help but wonder what had really happened. Days turned into weeks, and we couldn't shake off the feeling of unease. We decided to talk to a park ranger about the incident, hoping that they would have some information. The park ranger listened intently to our story, and then told us that there had been reports of a dangerous predator in the area. They suspected that it may have been responsible for the man's girlfriend's death and that the trooper dispatch was kept quiet to avoid causing panic. Hearing this sent chills down our spines. We realized just how lucky we were to have made it out of there unscathed. We thanked the park ranger for the information and promised ourselves that we would never take the dangers of the wilderness for granted again.